Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Toys, movies, comics, and don't forget Tug. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We cannot forget Tug. We'll be talking about him briefly here on the Riley and Kimmy Show. It's episode 1,120. Right next to me is... Jenny, I got one name. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I am your host, Patrick Riley. It is a Sunday morning, very early when we record this episode of the Riley and Kimmy show, we had a very busy and late Saturday evening spending time with the promoter of the Orlando Toy and Comic Con, talking about a pre-party because it has moved and it's at a new location. We have that information available on podcast episode number 1,119, also available on video. There's a video interview, right, Kimmy? That's right. And that's with Jonathan. Big J of Big J's Toys at the Artagon Marketplace. No secret if you're in the New Orlando area, Central Florida area, the Artagon Marketplace is going away, and it's going away before the originally scheduled Orlando Toy and Comic-Con pre-party was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But there is a new location for that pre-party, the place where Tug, the Bull Terrier puppy, is going to be at, and the place... The voice of Space Ghost, George Lowe, will be at... If you untie me, I will. Hi, kids. Space Ghost here. You're listening to Riley and Kimmy on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Uh, can, can you just loosen the hands up a little? For, oh, that is heaven. Uh, yes, he will be untied. He will be at this new location as well. And artist Chad Thomas, known for his work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, will be there too. And the location is, Kimmy... Comic Central. That's right. Comic Central in Sanford, Florida, conveniently located right off of I-4 and just minutes away from downtown Sanford. And we will have more information available on our Facebook page as it becomes available. Also, I'd suggest uh, liking the Comic Central page as well, their Facebook page, because Mm -hmm. as we get this show uploaded They are preparing the exact times for this event. More information, though, they talk about the times and stuff. The uh, show promoter for the, or convention promoter for the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con talks about that on episode 1,119 and also on the video interview. You can can get an idea of what is going on and what's going to be happening on January 28th in Sanford, Florida. Mm -hmm. This actually came out of nowhere. We didn't know this was going to happen, did we? That is correct. So the party is still happening. It's just moved. It's moved. It's going to be fun. Uh Uh-huh. And cosplayers are welcome. Come on out. And and by the way, kind of cosplay oriented, meet our new mascot. The unnamed mascot will be there. That's right. You can help name the mascot too. Check out, uh, we have videos of the mascot available on our website, also our Facebook page and other social media. If you have an idea... Come on out, too, and maybe tell us what you think the mascot should be called. We'll be announcing the mascot's name on February 1st, Mm -hmm. and it'll be announced on our Facebook page. So we had a long Saturday night, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, no secret here, no joke. It was was early Saturday evening, I think, or late Saturday afternoon. We were contacted by the Orlando Toy and Comic-Con show promoter and said, hey, can you come over for a meeting at the Artagon Marketplace and talk about the pre-party because it's moving and we'd like you to be here for that discussion. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And so we went right to the Artagon Marketplace and glad we did. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Fun time. And more details will be 
on upcoming episodes of the Riley and Kimmy Show. So if you have friends in Central Florida, be sure to tell them about this event, your opportunity to meet Space Ghost and Tug, our buddy. That's right. Chance to meet Tug, our buddy, and Chad Thomas, great artist. He's fun. He calls himself a cartoonist. You can find all kinds of fun happening at Comic Central. Kimmy, I have a question for you on this Sunday, January 15th. My question is, would you like to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? I think I'm ready. Do you think you're ready? You, you I are, think you're I'm the, ready. You are. It is a January 15th, a Sunday. I think Gibby's uh, about ready to fall asleep here. I'm, I might have a... I'm still getting over my... Well, I know you've been oh. sick. You're 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 a warrior, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. You are a warrior, and thank you for. But I am awake. Yes, you are wide awake. Matter of fact, you went out sick with me to record video. That's right. Uh, because you are the only camera person I actually trust, and I'm not kidding on that. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I mean, I trust Kimmy. She's my audio, you know, field tech and my video tech, and she was under weather. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm here. You, you, you are here. We're glad to have you here, Kimmy. So let's see if you can do well with Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia on this Sunday, January 15th. You get more of these right than wrong, Kimmy. We will give you the best chicken soup you've ever had. Ooh. Uh, how's that sound? Ooh. And, and some tea. How about some nice hot yes. tea? Yes. But you got to get them right. More of them right than wrong. Okay. And I think you can do it. But before we get to the Almanac, one warning. It could be jumbled up all over the place, not in chronological order, not linear. So dates could be all over the place. So here we go, Kimmy, with the very first one on this Sunday, January 15th. It was on this date, Kimmy. Paramount Home Video kind of changed things with the video cassettes and rentals. Prior to this, you didn't see commercials. Mm -hmm. But on this date... Paramount Home Video reported that it would place a commercial at the front of one of its video releases for the first time. And the first one was for a soda company, a diet version of the soda, beginning with the movie Top Gun. Give me the year that ads, commercials, started before you saw your movie rental. Mm. And I will give you a two-year buffer. Hmm. Um, I was going to guess later, but if it was Top Gun. Remember, <sighs> movies didn't always come out as fast back then. Mm-hmm. You know, way back then. Although they did come out reasonably quick. I mean, not, but they didn't come out like a month after the movie or a couple months after the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, ni- or, mm, 1980. Close enough, two-year buffer. It was 1987 that that happened. And you can see Kimmy dance to a song from Top Gun <laughs> on our Facebook page. She did that just oh, about a week ago. Uh, danced with a very big alien-type creature. Don't know what planet it was from, but uh, they had a slow dance together. Mm-hmm. One of the strangest things I've ever seen. <laughs> you did you did liven up the house, Kimmy, I'll tell you that much. So if, you, right. need, if you need a laugh a Sunday funny... Just check out that video available right on our Facebook page. That's Kimmy dancing. And who knows? She might be dancing coming up at Comic Central, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to feel better. I know you are. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about that right now. Might make you dizzy. Might make you do something. Don't want that to happen. Here we go, Kimmy. It was on this date. The first NFL Super Bowl was played. Give me the year within two. The first Super Bowl. Ooh. Um, 1940. Hello? Hi. Do you want number it is right now? The Super Bowl coming up? Like 70? <laughs> no, give me the very first Super Bowl. It was 1967. That was when the very first Super Bowl happened. The teams that played, they were the Green Bay Packers, Kimmy, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, who won? 
Green Bay Packers. That's right. Green Bay won. Final score, 35-10 to 10 in the very first Super Bowl from 1967. Not 19, whatever you said, 37, 27. I don't remember what you said there. Okay. Uh, moving right, but you got an excuse, Kimmy. I know you're under the weather and you're playing nerd and pop culture geek trivia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you're doing quite well. At least you knew that it was football we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the positive part. I don't know as much about football. I, I understand that. Moving over to something else. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Give me the year within 10 years. No, let's be fair, because you are under the weather. Within 25 years, Kimmy, this happened. A cartoon by Thomas Nast titled Alive Jackass Kicking a Dead Lion. It appeared in Harper's Weekly. The cartoon cartoon used the donkey to symbolize the Democratic Party for the first time. When did the Democratic Party get aligned maybe by default at first, by a cartoon, with the donkey. You have a 25-year buffer there. Um, 1860. Give me that number again. 1860. Kimmy, you have yourself a chance at getting that chicken soup because you got it. It was 1870. Ooh. Very good there, Kimmy. Now, pay attention. We might be tricking you here. Remember, mm-hmm. it might be jumbled all over the place. It was 1892, Kimmy. Triangle Magazine, a magazine published in Springfield, Massachusetts. They published the rules for a brand new game. It's 1892. The brand new game, the original rules involved attaching a peach basket to a suspended board on one end from another, i.e. two Peach baskets, one on one end, one on the other. Mm-hmm. What did that game end up being called? Oh, basketball? Yes, Kimmy. Basketball is what it ended up being called. See, she is paying attention. Just one question here. Have you, have you had any of the green guy before uh, coming in here, uh, sitting down, any of the, the, the liquid Hulk stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have. Okay, remember, do not operate any heavy machinery, Kimmy. Right. So, And please do not drive any motor vehicles, Kimmy, all right? No. So no forklift operating okay. when, you, when, we, when you leave the studio here. Leave that up to me or maybe even one of the fur kids considering your condition. It was on this day, Kimmy, in 1936, the first all-glass windowless building was completed. That happened in Toledo, Ohio. The building was the new home of the Owens, Illinois Glass Company Laboratory. That was in 1936. It was in 1947, the brutalized corpse of Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia, is found, and that is in Los Angeles, California, in a park, and that would be a mystery that is still perplexing many today. It was on this date, Kimmy, this president became the first United States president to use radio and television to give his farewell address Tell me the name of the president who used both for the very first time, radio and TV, to say goodbye. Truman? Exactly right. 1953. How did you do that under the influence of the green stuff? I don't know. Amazing. Maybe I you think sh- I heard somebody yelling it. Oh, we do believe in time travel answers. So if you are out in the future and you think you know the answer, shout it to Kimmy. Yell at your laptop, smartphone, desktop, whatever. Maybe tablet. Maybe she will get it. Or possibly maybe every episode, Kimmy should be, you know, sampling the old uh, green stuff here. I, you know, I don't know. It was on a date, 1955. The first solar heated radiation cooled house was built. That happened in Tucson, Arizona. It was on this date, 1961. Motown Records signed the Supremes. 1967 saw the Rolling Stones perform on TV. They performed on this TV show. Kimmy, I need you to identify the TV show they performed on this date in history. And here is your audio clue. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. We have a big show for you. Um, that would mean the Ed Sullivan Show. Yes, the Ed Sullivan Show. They performed in 1967. Now, this was a big deal because they were forced to change the lyrics of Let's Spend the Night Together to Let's Spend Some Time Together. Mm. 
That was 1967. It was on this date. Happy Days premieres on television, Kimmy. Tell me the network and give me the year you have a two-year buffer. That was ABC. Yep, you got it right. I'd say 1975. Ooh, within a two-year buffer, you got it. It was 1974. Were you a fan of Happy Days? No, not really. You you didn't watch Happy Days? Not really. Then explain to me why a family member gave you a Fonzie locket. Because my dad thought um, that every young girl was in love with the Fonz and saw it at a... Found it on discount or at his one of his garage sales or something somewhere, oh, and oh, thought he, he, it yeah. was he was a garage sale hunter. I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you tell him, Dad? Not Fonzie. It was Potsy. <laughs> Potsy. <laughs> All right. It was on this date in nineteen something. Kimmy, Space Mountain opens Disneyland within ten years. When did and I think you were at least by it. You walked by it. You probably didn't get on it because you were scared to death. When did Space Mountain open within 10 years, Disneyland? 1975. Got it exactly right. Were you there at the park when it opened? I was there a couple of years later. How did you know 1975? I almost went on it. Well, oh, was it another relative? It wasn't a parent? Was it, was it another relative that tried to get you on? Mm-hmm. You all, and they almost had you talked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That close. I think I stood in line and then... You got scared. Yeah. Ooh. Did go on the Matterhorn. How was that back in 19-whatever? That was bad enough for me. Okay. But Space Mountain would have been worse? Yeah. Why? I was almost convinced because it was an indoor roller coaster. And we know what happens with those indoor roller coasters, don't we, Kimmy? <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily less scary. What what happened? Why? And let me get this. Back in whenever, you're out in California, you, you bolt before you get in the ride mm-hmm. or on the ride. Mm-hmm. And years later, when the mummy ride is facing you, you actually convince me that it will be a very low... You know, not that right. intense. Right. What happened well, to you? Well, the Golden Girls are standing in line in front of us. Oh, the, the, so two, that, figured... two, the two that looked like they were from the Golden Girls TV show. Mm-hmm. But you ignored all the signs that I'm reading that say, warning. Well, warning. every ride has that, really, when you look at it. Yeah, but they, they had a lot of those. <laughs> and, wow. And I figured it was an indoor ride. How bad could it be? Well, see, yeah. I didn't think I'd get on... The Space Mountain ride way back is because it hadn't been open that long. So the line was like very, very long and decided we just decided not to spend that much time. Well, lucky me and the mummy with you. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that ride. Me neither. Kimmy screamed the entire two minutes because that's how long that ride is. The entire two minutes, you screamed when it went one way for a minute, and then when it reverses itself and goes backwards, you screamed the entire minute that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like for a brief second, you stop when the car stops going one way. You, you stop screaming then, and then all I of a sudden... I thought it was over. And then you came right back. And you and, were just laughing the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because what did I do when we got in the ride? I hit my stopwatch. I said, watch this, because I knew exactly how long it, it ran, and... Boy, you screamed that whole thing. I wish I could have recorded that. That'd been priceless. We would play that to this day. You'll never get on that ride, will you? Mm-mm. You were that way with the Back to the Future ride. Remember that? I was mm. laughing through that whole thing. You were screaming. Mm. That was kind of funny. All right, Kimmy, it was on this date in 18... 18. It was on this... See, you got me all confused. It was on this date in 1982. Harry Wayne Casey, leader of Casey and the Sunshine Band, was partially paralyzed in an automobile accident in Miami, Florida. His recovery took about a year, and I believe he is performing in Orlando soon, correct? I do believe he's at Universal Mardi Gras. I think he's one on the lineup. Okay, Casey and the Sunshine Band Mm -hmm. in Orlando, Florida. Kimmy, tell me the name of the president who signed into legislation making Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday to be celebrated on the third Monday of January. This was done on this date by this sitting United States president. Who was it? What year? I didn't give you the year. Oh. 
I'm asking which president did it. Um, Nixon. It was in 1986. Would you like to adjust your answer? Reagan. That's correct. President Ronald Reagan. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year. NASA announces this former Mercury astronaut at the age of 76 may fly in space again on the space shuttle. Tell me, who's the astronaut? Jonglin. Correct. And give me the year within two that NASA announces that he might be going up in the space shuttle. 2008? 1998, Kimmy, that that happened. That was 1998. Yes, that that, that happened. I was uh, working talk at a certain radio station. That was actually uh, an interesting topic because some people were quite upset that they were going to be launching him up into space because they thought he was too old. Mm -hmm. Others thought it might be a payoff because of some political shenanigans going on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, it depended on, you know, you can weigh all the things, but one of the things, it was an inspiration too Mm -hmm. for individuals. And he did get, in a way, robbed of going back into space because Kennedy did not want to risk him once he orbited Earth in letting him go back up. So he was pulled out of the the lineup. He probably, most likely, would have went to the moon. So he was kind of robbed of that. Mm. That's why Alan Shepard did go to the moon once he was recertified to fly because he had a thing that grounded him after he went up into space. And eventually his ear problem was was taken care of and he could go up because they wanted one of the Mercury 7 to walk on the moon. Mm. And he mm-hmm. was the one that did it. Gus Grissom passed away, unfortunately, in the Apollo flyer, and he was unable to, to make it to the moon, unfortunately. Yes. Moving back to the Almanac, it was on this date, 1998. James Brown was admitted to a hospital for treatment for an addiction to painkillers at the age of 64. He was released on January 21st, 1998. It was on this date, Kimmy. Wikipedia was launched. Tell me when... What year Wikipedia came to be? 2003. We'll give you a five-year buffer on that. It was 2001. Do Have you ever used Wikipedia? Of course. All right. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays today, Kimmy. This person, born in 1913, died in 1998 at the age of 85, even though he's not credited, he does uh, show up in an episode of Seinfeld in his advanced years. His filmography television listings do not list him that I found that he was on Seinfeld, but he was. He's an American film, stage, and television actor who starred in a number of television series and appeared in more than 150 feature films. One of those films, Airplane in 1980, and then he was in Airplane 2 in 1982, On television, he was in a classic episode of Battlestar Galactica, 1978, where he played Commander Kane, one of my favorite episodes where he was the commander of the Battlestar Pegasus. And the TV show you know him for is from 1958 to 1961, where he played Mike Nelson on Sea Hunt. Who is he? He has two sons who are actors. Lloyd Bridges. That's correct, Kimmy. Lloyd Bridges. Mm-hmm. You watched Sea Hunt? No. Not never. And you liked, you know, fish, <laughs> right? I would have thought you would have watched Sea Hunt. No. Never watched Sea Hunt. All right. No. This person, Kimmy, birthday born today, an American film and television actress. She is best known for. A portrayal of a character on television for one season, Kimmy. Somebody else took over the role. And she's known for playing that character in a motion picture before the television series came to be. I will give you just a few seconds of a theme to tell me the TV show she is known for. And then we will ask a couple of other questions. Here is your audio clue. It will be very brief. All right, Kimmy, what is the name of the TV show? Superman. Exactly right. The Adventures of Superman. Now, the question is, she played the original in the TV version and the Superman version, that Superman. She played Lois Lane in the 1951 film Superman and the Mole Men, and she was in the first season of the TV series of Adventures of Superman. Who is that Lois Lane? Well, not Noel Neal. Noel Neal played... The character previously in the movie Serials with Kirk Allen, 
but did not play the character in Superman versus the Mole Men with George Reeves, and she did not play it in the first season. She was re- the replacement because, well, some of the rumors is somebody who was involved with George thought he was a little too uh, friendly with this actress, mm. or this actress was a little too friendly to him. Yeah, so, I can't think of her name. Phyllis Coates is okay. her name. Now, the question is, how old is Phyllis Coates today? Oh. You, yes, you get a five-year buffer. Actress Phyllis Coates, the first TV, Lois Lane, is still with us. 93. Within a five-year buffer, you got it right. She is 90 years old, Kimmy. Okay. And you can still catch those uh, first uh, seasons of Superman, mm-hmm. various places like Heroes and Icon run it. Heroes and Icons run it on Saturday mornings. You can catch it. I don't miss it, Kimmy. Okay. Six o'clock Eastern time, Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. I get my superhero fix. All right. Yeah, that's that's on H&I, okay? Mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., born on this date, 1929, died at the age of 39, April 4th, 1968. Ronnie Van Zant, born on this date, Kimmy, musician, Dies at the age of 29. Can you tell me what group he co-founded? The E Street Band? He co-founded Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. And he died in an airplane accident. He's originally from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Predicted his death. Stated he would die before 30 years of age. And was telling people his clock was ticking and this was it. He would die with his boots on. And he he even told his father this. And meaning that he would die on the road. And his father was telling him he was basically talking junk. He said, nope, I've used up everything in me, and God's going to take me away. Wow. And he said that was, he meant it too. And the airplane went down in the ground, and, and you know, it wasn't like he went out to destroy himself. Uh-huh. It was an airplane accident that took his life, and he somehow had premonition of it. Hmm. Well, in advance, kind of creepy if you read the bio stuff. Wow. That's uh, Ronnie Van Zandt, who died 1977 at the age of 29, born on this date in history. Tell me who this recording artist is, Kimmy, who is having a birthday. It's kind of interesting when you look over her music list of hits that she truly only had two top, well, number one hits, only two. And prior to that, one only broke number, well, not only, hit number eight, and then before that, they were like in the 30s and so on. And then after the number ones went right down the tubes, right in the low numbers. Mm. That is top 40. Had R&B success, but not mainstream. Tell me who this singer is. Number one songs from 1987. Two of them. That's the only number ones. Head to toe and lost in emotion. Who is it? And I will tell you the name of the band she performed with. It was... Her name and cult jam. Lisa Lisa. That's right. Lisa Lisa is having a birthday today. How old is Lisa Lisa within five years? Uh, 53. She is 50. And by the way, they, they only say cult jam. It was, it was cult jam with full force. That's the actual full mm. title. She's 50. Do you okay. have any of her vinyl? No. Rapper Pit Bull having a birthday today. How old is Pit Bull today? 42. Pitbull within a five-year buffer. You miss it. He's 36 years old today, Kimmy. Moving over to another section of the Almanac. I see dead people. Moving over to notable deaths today, Kimmy. This person died 1987, born January 10th, 1904, died at the age of 83. An American actor, singer, and dancer danced in vaudeville and really a lot of um, musical theater stage work. Known on screen for his portrayal of the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. Who is he? Ray Bolger. You got it exactly right. Kimmy, mm-hmm. I think you have that uh, delicious uh, chicken soup of your choice, whatever ingredients you want with it, and whatever else we promised you with that. I think you did. Tea. Oh, tea. That's right, tea. You, you will get your tea just because you did a fantastic job, and you are a trooper playing nerd and geek trivia on this episode of The Riley and Kimmy Show when you feel under the weather. Thank you. I will tell you this much. You don't look under the weather. I wish this show, this episode was on video. But I can tell you really don't feel well. Thank you. Well, thank you for, you know, making the show go on. We deeply appreciate that, Kimmy. And what we're going to do right now is something we've saved from 
the almanac list. We're going to go back in time to the golden age of radio, something for Sunday funnies, and sending it out to a friend of ours, loyal listener, going out to Mike Kales. We have something for you. Yes, Kimmy, it was on this date in history. A certain program debuted right during the golden age of radio. As a matter of fact, it would go right through television. But it's a program you and I never saw, but we saw influences of it. Because of it, they made board games. Mm. Okay? And I'll be honest, this board game, I think as a small child, it was still lurking around. It scared me when I'd see this person's big face on that board game. Mm. I mean, I'd go... Scary. It, it just, yeah, I just remember, for some reason, I'm talking being very little, they would still have it in what you would call a dime store kind of setting, okay? Mm-hmm. You have no clue who it is yet, do you? Mm-mm. All right, it was on this date, Kimmy, January 15th, 1945. An American radio daytime variety talk show aired on CBS Radio and eventually ABC Radio. This thing ran from 1945 on this date to October of 1967. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people grew up with this show. The show had a long run on CBS TV as well. It ran on TV from 1952 to 1969, Kimmy. Hmm. Now, that's a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Still no clue who it is, right? Mm-mm. The show was called House Party, but they had his name in front of it. You still have no idea, right? Mm-mm. Now, the show was a variety talk show, game show kind of thing combined. Unless game show was like fun, you know, contests. Mixed up with it. Still no idea, right? No. The show is best remembered for, Kimmy, a little segment that it had called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Do you have any idea what the name of the show is? Who the host is? Art Linkletter. Yes, it's our buddy Art Linkletter. We've talked about him before on this show, on the Riley and Kimmy show. Yes, Art Linkletter's face was on the game the, the cover, and for some reason it scared me to death. I don't know why. It was like, I was, well, you know, I have a friend, a good friend of mine who's in San Francisco radio, Good friend Darren, uh, voiceover talent, who does national stuff. You can scare him to this day by pulling out a Quaker Oats box. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Yeah. He, 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 he was he, yeah, petrified of that. Well, Art Linkletter, I think, was the same with me. Mm. I, uh, you know, I, just, I don't know why. Never saw the show at all. Um, the show is best remembered for that kids say the darndest thing. And by the way, it has been estimated that he interviewed – are you ready for this? Now, he interviewed kids between the ages of 5 and 10 – during the segment's 27-year run, it is estimated that he interviewed 23,000 children. Wow. <laughs> That's a, he a, earned his money. He, he Yes, he and he earned his face on a board game. Yes. Not everybody gets their face on a board game, right? No. Mm-mm. So, yeah, wow. Well, Art Linkler, we have a version, because it ran on for forever and had different sponsors, We have a version of House Party with Art Linkletter. This will give you an idea of what this program is all about. And actually, listening to it, it is an excellent example of the theater of the mind. It's a fast-moving program. He had a lot of freedom with it. He was truly, even though we did not grow up with him, listening to it. And if you, you appreciate variety shows and talk shows and game shows, he was very good. He He's an example of one of the best when you listen to it. So I thought we'd go back in time, being a Sunday, Sunday funnies, because when Kimmy was a little kid, her father used to read the paper to her. I thought we, and I figured everybody needs kind of a, a little pickup, right? A little laugh. Mm-hmm. Even though some things might be a little dated in time, this does carry over. It is fun. So here we go. Art Link Letter, House Party, an example of House Party, an episode of it, going out to our good friend Mike Kales in Palm Coast, Florida. Enjoy, enjoy Mike, and we hope... You, if you're listening for the first time to the Golden Age of Radio, enjoy this. You can find other episodes. We have those on our other podcasts, and you can find those right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, going back in time, here is Art Linkletter with House Party on the Riley and Kimmy Show. Come on in. It's the Pillsbury House Party. transcribed in Hollywood, presented to you by Pillsbury, makers of those wonderful new Pillsbury cake mixes, and starring Art Linkletter. Well, 
Well, it's Pillsbury time again here in Southern California, where the very first breath of uh, fall in the autumn is in the air today, a little chilly, but we have a wonderful warm audience, and among them we may find today's winner of the weekly contest. This week, as you know, at the Pillsbury House Party, we're looking for the oldest father with a child under a year of age. You never can tell who we're going to find. So, fellas, let's circulate up and down the aisle and find some fathers who have a child under a year of age and who is uh, perhaps 30 or 40 or 50 or 150. What is the oldest that we find out there? There are 33. 62. 62. That's pretty good. Uh, uh, Any older than 62? 90 what? Oh, that's his seat number back there. This is the man who's 62 coming up now on the stage. Wearing a little goatee. How do you do, sir? Nice to see you. I haven't seen one of those little chin whisker adornments for a long time. That's on account of uh, an accident that I had last night. Oh, so you wear... You have a couple of scars there, so you wear a little uh, mustache. What is your name, sir? Owen Jensen. And uh, where do you come from, Owen? Uh, I was originally... I uh, come from Utah. I was born in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Uh-huh. And what's your business? I a, was a tattoo artist for 32 years. Now I manufacture uh, equipment and I sell it to uh, chinchilla ranchers and fur farmers all over the country. Chinchilla ranchers? Well, no wonder you're wearing that little uh, goatee. That's sort of a chinchilla. Uh, what are you carrying here? You here's, have... a, here's, the, the, uh, here's a write-up we got here. Oh, and the Los Angeles Examiner. It says that the... This is your this is your daughter? No, no. This is my son. Well, I mean, also, you can't tell in the picture. It's a little boy or a little girl. And uh, that is your wife. Yes, yes, sir. Oh, it says here, Dainty Dotties first. Circus fat lady smiles as her nine pound four and a half ounce son, born in cesarean operation yesterday, voices his objection. Oh, you married a circus fat lady? Yes, sir. Well, I'll be darned. I guess you met her because you were a circus tattooer? Well, I met her through... She was also a tattoo artist, and she came to me to buy uh, uh, supplies, tattoo supplies. And how much did she weigh? Well, she uh, weighed about 585 pounds. <laughs> when you fell in love with her? Well, you certainly got a lot there, didn't you? <laughs> Think of all the tattoo territory there was. I have tattooed her. She's tattooed on her. She is. Acres and acres and all mine. Well, tell me, did you, uh, did, has, she, uh, has she reduced any? Oh, yes. They reduced her a great deal for, the, uh, for this operation. In other words, most ladies gain weight when they're going to have babies. Yours lost. She lost. Uh, how, much, how many pounds did she lose? Well, I think she lost about 125 pounds. Oh, uh-huh. Some people here would vanish completely if they lost that many pounds. If you want some real identification, there it is. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Turn around and show the folks. He has tattooed inside his lower lip where it doesn't show ordinarily his name, your name. In other words, they will always be able to know who you are. That's right. And this is your first child. My first child. At the age of 62. 62. And the circus fat lady. That's right. Oh, that's a wonderful story. Believe me, that is an amazing story. And I see you brought along the birth certificate of the child. Uh, And that proves that a lady who weighs three or four hundred pounds doesn't have babies that weigh any more than than average babies. No. Uh Uh-huh. Well, for being today's winner, we have several prizes for you to take home to Mama, a package of Pillsbury white cake mix to keep her weight down. Oh, you use it all the time. All the time. Fine. And here's a set of King's Men in gold flagons, the world's finest toiletries for men, for you, and for the baby, a full year's supply of assorted beech nut baby foods, eight cases full, especially packed in sparkling duraglass jars for convenient warming and storing. Compliments of Pillsbury. Thank you very much. Isn't that an interesting interview, Jack? It certainly is, Art. You know what? I have an idea. I'm going to have Pillsbury tattooed right on your nose. <laughs> oh, that's television. We're getting ready for it. Who's our next guest? Art, over here we have Mrs. Myers, and uh, you better look out because she says she's a mighty good cook. I'll bet you are. You look like a good cook. Your first name is? Honor Myers. Honor. That's a nice name for a lady, isn't it? Where'd that come from? Oh, my grandmother. Uh-huh. And you're from where? Santa Monica. And originally? Chicago. And you're a grandmother yourself? Right. How many children did you have? Three. And how many grandchildren? Two. How long have you been cooking, uh, Honor? About 30 years. And uh, can you bake a cake? 
Yes, I bake, but I've had a lot of failures. As long as, uh, along with the good ones. That's who, right. Who taught you to bake a cake? Oh, I learned myself, I guess. You know, your, your mother didn't teach you as a no. little girl? Uh-huh. Didn't they used to stick a straw in cakes? To... That's right. You don't need to do that anymore, no. do you? Uh-huh. You say you've had failures, oh, but have you ever tried Pillsbury? I tried it for the first time last Thursday. And what happened? I was uh, amazed to find what a good cake I could make. Without going to all the trouble that's that you true. had. Well, of course, if you've been cooking for how many years? Thirty. Thirty years. That's quite a switch for a lady. Thirty years one way, and then you switch to a new way. And I hope that our listening ladies will take your advice, and I'm delighted to know that this is a true story from you, Honor. You live with your husband? or I'm a widow. You're a widow now, so you don't make too many cakes. Oh, yes, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. For the neighbor kids? No, for my daughter's. Good, good. I think it's important that no matter how long you've been cooking, you have an open mind about trying something new. And if you ladies have never tried Pillsbury chocolate fudge cake mix, I wish you would. All you have to do, and you check me on this, Honor, you just add milk. Isn't that right? That's right. You can't miss. Your results are perfect every time. And, of course, the same is true of Pillsbury White Cake Mix. Now, we want you to have a package of each, Mrs. Myers, and for being our guest today, a beautiful twin waffle iron to take home. Compliments of Pillsbury. Goodbye. And now, Art Linkletter talks to our five, nine to 11-year-old school children who were brought here in a tanner limousine from the Virginia Road School. Uh, the, the what school is that, Virginia? Virginia Road. Oh, that's a public school, isn't it, Gary? Yes. My, you're a handsome-looking fellow. Stand up here. Let me see how tall you are. You're uh, how old, Gary? I'm 11 years old. What's your whole name? Gary Judas. Now, you have one of these trick haircuts where you comb it back at a pompadour and then suddenly switch it over in a, in a sort of a, a ducktail. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. What are you, uh, what are you aiming to be uh, when you grow up, Gary? I'd like to be uh, an actor on television and impersonator. Oh, uh-huh. well, that's quite good for a boy of your size because by the time you're my age, we'll we'll really have television. You think? Yes. Well, who would you? Who can you imper- can you impersonate anybody? Uh, yes, I can impersonate Peter Lorre. Well, let me hear a little of Peter Lorre. Uh, I am going to kill you. <laughs> I I will take off your head and throw it in your face. <laughs> well, I think that's a good start. Do you? It's a nice, pleasant outlook on life. Uh, do you have any other impersonations? Uh, yes, I can impersonate uh, Humphrey Bogart. Well, let me hear Humphrey Bogart. All right, Louie, come out of that bathroom and come clean. <laughs> That's Humphrey Bogart as a child. Uh, uh, who else do you have? Um, I, uh, Jimmy Stewart I can impersonate. Well, let me hear a little of Jimmy Stewart. When I was a boy, my mother said crime wouldn't pay. Yeah, yeah, at least as much as it used to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the word fair means. Say, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think that Edward G. Robinson was passing there, right in the middle. Said hello to Jimmy. Thank you, Gary. I think you're a fine actor. And Rhoda, what's your whole name? Rhoda Corba. Rhoda Corba. And I knew a girl once who, whose first name was whose last name was Stump, and they called her Rhoda. That's the absolute Rhoda Stump. But you're Rhoda Corbin. How old are you, Rhoda? Ten. I bet you're a lot of help around the house, huh? Uh. uh. You are? Don't you ever fix anything or do anything? Yeah, sometimes. What do you fix? Oh, I just any old thing. Any old thing around the house. It looks like it needs fixing, huh? What does your daddy and mother do, Rhoda? Well, my father's a painter and my mother's a housewife. Your father's a painter. What sort of things does he do? Portraits? No, he paints houses. Aww. Well, Rhoda, what do you like to do best? Well, I just like to make new friends. Well, I think that's a wonderful thing to make new friends. If you make lots of friends in your lifetime, you're going to be a very, very rich girl. Do you know what that means? No. Well, that means that friendship is really much more to be desired than money, and you'll be rich in friends. And Rhoda, what uh, what do you think you'll be? What do you want? What do you want to be when you grow up? I just want to get married. <laughs> That's all. Just want to get married. What uh, what kind of a man do you have in mind, Rhoda? Oh well, see, I'm sure I'm sure that I want a man that won't call me shirt stuffing peanuts. I think that's a reasonable request that your husband not call you short stuff or peanuts. Uh, Anybody around here call you short stuff or peanuts? Jerry Judas and Eddie Abraham. 
Gary. <laughs> Gary. Do you call her short stuff? No. Do you call her peanuts? No. What do you call her? <laughs> but not those two. Well, you don't marry him then, will you, Rhoda? No. All right. He says so, too. Hello, young man. You stand up here. Since we have big boys and girls today, instead of sitting down, I'll talk to you while you're standing up. You're Mr. Who? Robert Del Campo. Uh-huh. Robert, I understand you're a businessman. Yes, I sell papers at Crenshaw and Washington. That's a very busy corner, and you're there every morning or afternoon or when? No, uh, I stretch on at 4 o'clock and I end at 6.15. Yeah, well, you know that this is an advertising plug that you're getting on the radio right now? Yes. You know what this time is worth coast to coast? <laughs> no. You just talk there for about 20 seconds. That will cost you $890. That how, much? Yeah, how much do you make a week? Five dollars. Well, maybe we better take a percentage for the next ten years. What paper do you sell, Robert? Premier. Uh-huh. How does it sell these days? Not too good. How many do you sell between 4 and 6.30? Fifteen. Fifteen papers? Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. Well, how much how, how much do you make per paper? I don't. I make a dollar a night guarantee. Oh, uh-huh. And do you get any tips? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Who tips, the men or the women? The men. Well, how does it happen that the women don't tip? Because they have the nickel. Oh. <laughs> and the men have uh, extra change, huh? Well, a mirror is a mighty fine paper, and I'll bet you're a mighty fine businessman, Robert. What do you do with the money you make, the $5 a week? I usually buy stuff. What do you buy, for instance? You got anything that you can show us that you bought? Yeah, this coat. How much the coat cost? Uh, $10. Well, that's pretty darn good. I bet you shop for it yourself, too, huh? No, I went with my mom and my dad. Well, they picked it out and you paid for it. Yeah. Oh, brother. Okay, Robert, he's a fine young businessman. I think he deserves a lot of credit. What is your name, honey? Janice Wells. And uh, Janice, what is, uh, how old are you? Ten. What does your daddy do? Well, he he works in the good humor business. Oh, your dad's a good humor man. Yeah. Oh, I bet I know what you like to eat, huh? <laughs> ice cream? Yes. What's your favorite ice cream? Sherbet. Oh. <laughs> favorite ice cream is sherbet. Well, what flavor, I mean, huh? Uh, orange and vanilla. Oh. What do you think you'll be, Janice? A good humor woman? No, I don't want to be that. What do you want to be? I want to be an actress or a singer. Oh, an actress or... Can you act? Yes. Well, we'll give you an audition. What do you want to do? Do a couple of dramatic lines for us. Oh, how can you leave me when I love you so? <laughs> That's enough. How can you leave me? Believe me, I won't leave you, honey. Well, here's another. How'd you like that acting, huh? Okay. She put a lot of heart in that, didn't she? I think she was looking at you when she said that. <laughs> What's your name? My name's Rolf Polishar. Who? Rolf Polishar. Polishar. What kind of a name is that? I don't know. I got mixed up there somewhere. <laughs> Everybody ought to know where his name Where'd you come from, anyway? Family, uh, is that, uh, that must be a uh, must be a name from Middle Europe somewhere, huh? How about the first name R A U L F? That's well, my dad took that out of the alphabet. You mean he just picked letters out of the alphabet at random? Yeah. Well, you might have been named Swoop. <laughs> he got the wrong ones. What do you like to do best? Tinker with radio. You have a radio? I got a lot of radio. Maybe you'll turn out to be a radio engineer. Would you like to be that? I'll have you meet our engineer right after we're off the show, and maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> Good luck to you, Ralph, and all of the five youngsters who are today. We want you to take back to your public school with you a table model radio for the classmates to enjoy, a table model radio from Stromberg Carlson, makers of the finest in television. And for each of you, a sensational new Whitaker-made pixie camera with color film. Compliments of Billsbury. Goodbye, <laughs> You know, Art, ever since we got our new sponsor, Pillsbury, I've been in for an awful ribbing. How's that, Jack? How's that? Well, uh, every time you talk about how easy it is to make a cake with Pillsbury Cake Mix, you say, why, even Jack Slattery can make one. Well, what about it? Well, it makes me look as though I were incompetent or something. So right now, I'm going to mix up a Pillsbury white cake, and I'm going to do it blindfolded. Blindfolded? Mm -hmm. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen. Bring on the blindfold. 
put the apron over him, and Marty give him the blindfold. Now he's walking back towards the table. Jack Slattery is about to mix a cake blindfolded. Now, now you've got the tabletop in mind, have you, Jack? I'm ready. All right, what are you going to do first? Well, all I do is reach for the Pillsbury white cake mix and yeah. pour it into the bowl here. He's pouring it right in the and bowl. And I reach for the milk, and I measure out, I think that's a cup, isn't it? Yeah, I measure you're out pouring a... it down the front of my coat. Sorry, old man. That's I, good. Uh, I measure out a cup of milk, I pour half of the milk into the bowl, I reach for the spoon, stir it up, and I'm on my way to a wonderful white cake. It's How do you like that? He's making a cake blindfolded, ladies, and that proves it that Jack Slattery could even mix up a Pillsbury white cake. But what's more, he can do it blindfolded, and so can you. Of course, you don't have to to get a cake that's so tender and so moist. It's the kind of cake that'll have folks talking behind your back, asking how come you can turn out such a marvelous cake, and what your secret is. So don't do it blindfolded. Don't do it Jack Slattery. But try Pillsbury white cake mix in your own kitchen. And while you're at it, try Pillsbury chocolate fudge cake mix, too. They're both wonderful. And now Art Linkletter welcomes a special guest. Our guest today is a man who has, spends, who has spent his entire life and works every day trying to save you money by teaching the American public how to avoid racketeers and swindlers. The head of the Better Business Bureau activities in these parts, Mr. Bob Sample. Bob? How are you? Well, let's see, Bob, it's been since last spring since we chatted about what the racketeers are trying to foist on the American housewives. What's the newest thing? Well, the newest thing is called the golden gimmick. The golden gimmick. Well, a gimmick, I know, is any kind of a device, and gold uh, speaks for itself. But what is the golden gimmick? Well, the golden gimmick is a door opener for a lot of salesmen that uh, want to have some tricks to sell the housewives. What is the gimmick they use? Well, in this particular thing, they uh, indicate that they are making a survey or that the housewife will be able to help make a survey frequently. And uh, it spoils a lot of real surveys. A lot of people are interested in helping any kind of a survey for the good of everybody concerned. And so when you find somebody that uses it as a trick to, to sell people something sometimes that they don't want or to probably, uh, shall I say, case the house. Oh, you mean that a man I come to the door and you're anxious to be in the survey and he asks you when you're at home and when the maid's at That's home and right. so forth. He can find out when you're not there. But when you're not there so that he can move in if, he, if they, he's so inclined. Well, uh, do, you, do they find out that most women uh, want to be part of surveys? Yes, they do. They're very interested. Survey seems to be a magic word, and therefore it spoils the real legitimate surveys when they have a lot of phonies operating. So what should our listeners do when a man comes to the door and says, I want to make a survey? If they can't show credentials of some real survey, some legitimate survey organization, don't answer any questions. And if they don't show you the uh, credentials, don't give them any information. Thank you very much, Bob. And now let's go down in the audience. I hope those words of wisdom will save a lot of you listeners from losing money that you don't have to. Now, uh, we're going to ask for some volunteers who have questions for Bob Sample about things that they might have run across in their own life. And I see a sergeant standing up in the second row. Where are you from, sergeant? Uh, I'm from South Dakota. I'm in Wilmington. And you live in what? What's your name? Uh, Sergeant John Gleason. Sergeant John Gleason. What would you like like to ask Bob? I've got a question here. I have received several offers for my oldest daughter, which is two, to drive for television. I'd like to know what kind of racket that is. You have a daughter two years of age, and people want to get her into television. What about that, Bob? Well, that's the old uh, counselor racket, uh, where they tell people that they are interested in having their children for television and so forth. Then they get them in to, to charge them a fee uh, to either have their pictures, t- the child's picture taken, or to uh, come in and get training and so forth. And they, usually they have no connections, whatever, with any legitimate television organization or anything of that kind. Better save your money. Your chances of his child getting into television would be about one in a thousand? Well, that's, that's, that's a high percentage. I mean, it would probably be more like one in 2,500 because they seldom ever get in as, in that fashion. Sergeant, I hope we've saved you a lot of trouble and some expense. Thank you very Pick much. Pick out a number from one to a hundred. Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. Well, that may win you something. Let's see. Here's another volunteer, a lady who's come up here. Her name is Mrs. J. Durr. From where? Los Angeles. What would you like to ask, Mr. Sam? Would you recommend a Lonely Hearts Club for a way to meet new men friends? A well, Lonely Hearts Club. But Now, that is something that you read about in uh, papers and you hear about... Uh, 
all over the United States. Would, well, you, would you recommend that as a way for a lonely woman to meet a lonely man? I certainly would not recommend it, because there have been times when people have been swindled out of money as a result of those that type of organization. In other words, uh, while you can't prove it always on the... Yeah, you can't always prove it, but nevertheless, they, they sometimes use that as a means to get the confidence of the person interested and then fleece them of any money that they may have. It's not against the law for a Lonely Hearts Club to operate. Well, it all depends. You have to have prove a lot before you can prove that it is a violation of the law, but it just isn't a good idea to meet people in that fashion. In other words, you folks in the Better Business Bureau would like to uproot them, but it's pretty hard to get rid of them. Well, that's right. That's right. Is that good enough advice for you? Very fine. Thank you. You pick a number from one to a hundred. Fifty-five. Thank you very much. Let's get a man here over here on the left side. His name is Mr.? Uh, John Durker. Where are you from, John? Monterey. What do you do? I'm a naval officer. A naval officer in civilian suit today. What would you like to ask Mr. Sample? Well, I've received uh, numerous uh, material through the mail, insurance uh, material, and it's been from out-of-state companies. Uh, is this legitimate business? They want to get your life insurance? Yes, sir. By mail? Yes, sir. Oh, what about that, Bob? The only thing I can do there is caution you to deal with an insurance company that is licensed to do business in the state where you live, because frequently if you do buy mail-order insurance... You may uh, have to travel many, many miles to another state to collect any claim you may have because they, they, if they are not licensed to do business in this state, they don't need to answer any suits that there may come as a result of your situation. So in order to do it, you have to go back to the state where they are located. Causing you a lot of expense and inconvenience. Probably more expense than you'll collect. How's that, Lieutenant? Fine. Is Thank it you. Lieutenant? Lieutenant Commander. All right, sir. And you pick a number from 1 to 100. 23. 23. We have time for one more quickie. Let's go over to the other side, the man in the green pants. Your name is? Andrew Fair. Where are you from, Andy? Washington, D.C. And what do you do? Well, I'm going to be a student. Oh, you're going to be a student. Yeah. Well, what's your question? Well, I was wondering whether the regulations in connection with uh, rental fees to be paid to a real estate company in... Uh, Renting a house? The, yes. With their in other system. words, you're a new arrival out That's here. That's right. Are there rules, Bob? Well, there are not definitely any rules. Usually, these outfits uh, charge a fee, and uh, they will put it on the basis of perhaps uh, $10 now and $25 additional if uh, they find you something. Now, the $10 is not refundable, so if they don't find you anything, you're out $10. They do just enough to make it possible to collect that, to make it legal to collect that $10, and then you may still be out of the house and out the 10 too. In other words, you shouldn't pay till you get something. That's a good idea. That's good advice. You pick a number from 1 to 100. 13. What's the lucky number today, Jackson? All right, our number is 4, and Andrew Fair was closest with 13. Stay right up here, Andy. You've won for yourself a new house. Oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> your prize is very lovely. It's an Evan Showcase, an ensemble of table lighters, one for every room in the house, two of the new sensations. Sensational Evans automatic pocket lighters, all in a beautiful velvet-lined walnut case. Compliments of Pillsbury. And thank you, Bob Sample, for being our guest of honor today. Well, looks like our time has gone by here. I had some other things in mind, but we'll be back on the air tomorrow giving a deserving singer his first break in radio. Until then, this is Art Linkletter saying goodbye from Pillsbury. Thanks for watching Hollywood. This is John Goodell Broadcasting Company. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. 
Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.